Hello, and welcome to Thought Rambler. I'm Jonathan Dick, and today's episode, we're going to piggyback off of last week's episode. We're going to continue to talk about the NBA. So all you sports fans, you hold on to another ramble. Because you know how rambles go sometimes? You ramble it out, and it doesn't let go. You try to get all your thoughts out, and then there's some left, and then they fester, and they create new rambles, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, that's a good idea, and that's a good, well, what, yeah, I guess we could, oh, ah, ah. So I was like, whatever, let's just do another one. You know, at the time of this recording, the playoffs are going on, there's just a lot of NBA circling around my head, so maybe that's what it's, uh, what it's all about here. So last week we talked about, and please, you know, visit uh, previous episode, the uh, mid-season tournament for the NBA and my thoughts to improve it, or whatever I titled it. This will be kind of a part two, unofficial part two, more thoughts, more rambles, hold on tight. Now, the way I'm going to go about this one, and just to refresh everyone, the, the episode before was about the Insatiable Six tournament, the mid-season tournament, my pitch for it. And more details have come out since actually uh, releasing that episode. They've decided they're going to do it in December, not my idea, the All-Star break. Uh, they are going to make it this idea where you are playing these, uh, whether they're divisional games or they're kind of these, like, commissioner games. They're going to, that's the play-in to get into the tournament, and the tournament's going to be these extra days, blah, blah, blah. They also released more information about who's going to get paid and you know if you make it to the final four you get paid somehow so I don't know they didn't add on anything else that I thought was very interesting but some more details did come about I still like my idea my idea of course the insatiable six the players on the team who have the least amount of minutes per game on average those six players two of the assistant coaches go to all-star weekend where they occupy a different space maybe than the main auditorium, or maybe it's the same, who knows. Um, and they have a tournament in the daytime, and the All-Star Weekend happens at night. Everyone's happy. And the big reward, not just money, for these players who don't get a lot of time is exposure, and then the GM also gets a two-up or two-down choice. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because I came up with a couple more ideas on that angle. So everyone kind of wins. The players who are kind of thought of as the C team or the third string team, they get um, they get to help their team. And we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, compromising my idea with the idea that's going on right now and so that there would still be commissioner games that would get your team into the Insatiable Six tournament so that everyone on the team gets to participate somehow into what will ultimately be this two-up, two-down sort of goose egg, or not goose egg, a golden egg <laughs> that the um, the team can have at the end of the year once the dust settles, okay? So that was my pitch. That is my pitch for the midseason tournament. Turn it into something that's not just another game, regular games, just, you know, the same team playing, you know, just a different version of the playoffs where at the end of it there's no real anything. You know, my idea again have players that don't normally represent the team represent the team and you get a little bit of standings chaos at the end of the at the end of the season and people get paid 
So let's take it a, a step further. Let's pretend for whatever reason I get, remember like in elementary school when you, um, they were like, you know, what would you do if you got to be president? You know, and everyone's like, well, obviously, you know, all the drinking fountains have milkshakes, <laughs> you know, things like that. You just like, oh, that's I want, uh, you know, can cotton candy for lunch every day. You know, you, like you think of how would life best serve you as a kid, right? So I'm gonna look at like what happens if um, I had the ultimate power. I don't know if that's commissioner. I don't know what that is to really start churning things around and, um, you know, I don't know, in, in my mind, improving upon what is already an amazing uh, game and the way that the game is facilitated. I don't want to change any actual rules in the game or how the game is played, but just in these like, um, and the things like, you know, for example, I'll just jump right into it. These, this is my wish list. Okay, this is my big wish list of, of what I would do. So in my world, Insatiable Six Tournament, that's a go, right? We're doing it. Okay, All-Star Weekend, in my fantasy world, All-Star Weekend during the day. Friday during the day, you get the quarters. That's when all the seating happens. Then you get the second day, which is the bracket play. 16, 8, down to 4, last day, championship game. Okay, so we're going to kind of, we, we know that exists. So step one into that direction. we got to figure out who qualifies for the quarters. Now, I'm going to expand the quarters. I think where we left off last time, I said 16, top 16 teams uh, in the NBA. But let's work it around a little bit more. Like, let's say top 20. That way, there is a drop-off from... The quarters, four teams would not make it from the quarters to the bracket play instead of just a uh, reseeding, which is how I left the idea in the last episode. So we would have the tournament as 20 teams, the top 20 teams in a certain amount of games decided in group play. So let's talk about that group play. Now, the NBA already has divisions, and I was I was kind of like brainstorming group play last week. I came up with something that was actually very close to the divisions <laughs> without knowing it. I actually looked this up, and um, for whatever reason, like, uh, my uh, Portland Trailblazers are not in the Pacific Division, even though they are a Pacific Coast, it is a Pacific Coast town, they're a Pacific Coast team, but we are in the Northwest, uh, which also kind of makes sense, but then it's like, that means like, Phoenix is in the Pacific. Um, I think so. First of all, let's just sort that mess out. I'm the commissioner. I say Dream World put Portland in the Pacific Division. So you got Portland, Sacramento, Golden State, and the two LA teams. It's a tough. It's the it's a tough division for sure. I don't know. People might say like, oh no, stay in the Northwest one where you got Minnesota, Utah, Denver, and uh, Oklahoma City, and those teams are not always the best, like the LA teams or. Golden State Warriors recently, but I it, whatever, I would move those around. And then on the Atlantic side, you know, is Toronto an Atlantic town or is it more of a central town versus Cleveland? You could argue some points there. We're not going to get into it. Point being, we already have six divisions in the NBA, three in the West, three in the East. So my idea, uh, make all those division games these commissioner games, we'll call them commissioner games. And the commissioner games basically just means the points at the end of the day, at the end of the game, 
whatever your point net rating, point differential is, that gets tacked on. So as it stands right now, divisional games, there's five in each group, five teams in each group, and you play. So like Portland Trailblazers would play, let's say they're in the Pacific division, which makes more sense. So they would play Golden State, Sacramento, and the two LA teams four times in the season, right? And then they would play everyone else in the conference, the other 10 teams, uh, three times. And then they would play all the Eastern Conference, the outer conference teams, twice. And that comes out to be, I think by my math, it was like like 76 games. So they throw in some other games there to make an 82-game season work. My idea, so, so let's take it into like fantasy land again. In order to make all of these divisional games count, all 16 of them, well, first of all, what I would do is uh, you, you play divisional games, you play each team five times. So automatically, instead of 16 games <clears throat> to decide your net rating for the Insatiable Six, you have 20 games. Now you have 20 games there. You have uh, another 30 games for uh, inter-conference play, and then you have 30 games for outer conference play. So that's 80 games. Let's just make it an 80-game season in my new world. Keep the math a little easier. So 20 games are going to go to every team's net rating for the Insatiable Six tournament. Now, the way it is right now, the the All-Star break is kind of in February. So if the season begins in October, you're about two-thirds into the season when you get to All-Star break, which would be perfect because you're, you know, 50 games in this case of inter-conference play it's about two-thirds of the season compared to the other 30 games that you would play if you played the 15 teams in the other division twice. So for the season, again, if the season's 80 games, 30 in the other uh, conference, uh, 50 in your conference, then let's make all conference in, interconference games in the first two-thirds. So you're not so in the first two-thirds of the season, your road games are distance-wise shorter. You're not going as far around the country. You know, that's a plus. Makes it a, maybe a, a, an easier season, maybe less load management for players because they're not doing so many on-the-road back-to-backs because you don't have to make up that time because you're not going to Boston. And if you're going to be in Boston, you might as well be in Cleveland and New York or whatever before you fly back to Utah or something like that, right? So it could be a lot more concentrated. And then, you know, in the grander scheme of my idea, you know, so you'd have like, so like the West teams would just play the West and the East teams would just play the East. And then you get to All-Star break. And that's the first time that the two conferences would start to play. So you take the All-Star game and the All-Star weekend back into an East versus West because it's the first time East is going to play West all season. And the All-Stars, the best of the best, are going to represent. And then for the rest of the season, East just plays West and West just plays East. So you get those other 30 games that way. So now you are talking about maybe longer home stands, longer road stands, you know, road trips. You'd be on the road for longer, but you know, you'd probably have to get like seven or eight games out of the way that way. But think about it this way, better to do that at the end of the season when 
games matter a lot more for playoffs and all that. So you're more competitive. And when you're on the road for longer, it is a drag. But you also become a cohesive unit. Don't waste that so much in the beginning, right? You don't have to go on really long road trips if you're not going as far distance-wise, right? So that's how I would split it up. Because in the playoffs, you're going to go back to your interconference rivals. And then for the finals, you will have outer conference, right? It's best of the East versus best of the West. So I would play around with that. I would have, and, and, and preseason is optional. Yeah, I think you would just like, you know, you can put your name in if you want to do preseason games in my special fairy tale world because the season's long enough. You don't have to show your stuff in preseason. If you just want to get reps out, you can do it, but it doesn't, you don't have to. I'm not going to hold anyone to preseason games in my world, right? But once we get started with the season, it's all interconference, and that way we can get rid of those or knock them out, those 20 commish games, and then we'll know by All-Star Week who, what top 20 teams, ten, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 10 in the, can balance out anyway, just the top 20 teams that are going to go into the Insatiable Six tournament. And in that first day, the quarters, you have your 20 teams in the quarters, work it out however you do, however many courts, however many um, group play, however you want to do that. And then the top 16 advance. So four, we'll just get a free trip to All-Star Week and uh, at least the equivalent of one game. But the 16 will go into the next day, next game. So that's the way I would work out at least the schedule and how I would do the first part, the first two-thirds of the season. And the last third, I don't think we have to talk about that too much. I mean, like the pros, again, with all of this is just like, like the, the con is there's someone who has to do all the scheduling. <laughs> and this might not, maybe it is easier to be like, oh, I don't have to have this imaginary boundary of like, yeah, Portland and Boston can't play until after All-Star Week. Um, but maybe that is better. I mean, I don't know. Has anyone ever tried? Um, run a couple models, <laughs> you know, let's figure it out. Read a book. Okay. So, um, but yeah, but I think, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to have this East-West rivalry again. And I think if you kind of separate people and then allow them to come back at All-Star Weekend, it could um, boost things that way as well. So the Insatiable Six Tournament, um, a couple of the changes there, again, like the, I think it'd be fun to have um, 20 go down to 16 and then eight and then four and then the final two. Now, it, it I guess before I, I didn't, there was no prize, consolation prize, but maybe here would be a good time. You know, the the winners would get the half million or whatever it would be. Six people would get half million or maybe the coaches too, however all that money works out. Trophies, rings, whatever they need. And then, you know, maybe Kia gives everyone a car. I don't know. And then uh, they would get, the GM would get the the option, basically two up or two down. And again, in the beginning of the tournament, 20 teams, you know, the GM's front offices would get envelopes and basically there would be a check mark that would say, and I think this is how it would come down, right? You just check mark that would say up or a check mark that, you know, a box that would say up or a box that would say down and you just check, right? So it'd have your team on the card and then that's it. Put it in an envelope, give it to someone, and then the tournament begins, quarters begin. And then at the end of it, after the game, after the championship game on that Sunday of All-Star Weekend, it reveals up or down. And the winner gets, there will be essentially two up or 
if they decide at the end of the season that they do want to go down, they get half of that and be one down. The loser, or the person who comes in second, the, the team that doesn't win the championship but advance there, um, maybe they get half of that because they can get half the money probably no tro- trophy, not half a trophy, no trophy. And then maybe the front office or that t- team, again, based on their entry of up or down, they get one or nothing, right? So again, the, why would this come in handy? Well, again, let me just look at the Portland Trailblazers after this season. Let's say Portland Trailblazers win the Insatiable Six tournament. And then for whatever reason, they still end up 13th in the West and had GM Joe the real Portland hero, uh, had he been there to to say two down, right? Had he checked down in the box, you know, the box down, then Portland would have the ability to go down two spots and be the worst team in the West, and then you hit really uh, maximize your odds for the lottery, which could be good, even you know, just for everyone. Now, if he lost, he'd still get one down, and one down in that case, if you're still going the way of the, the the tank, you know, landing at 13th, going up isn't going to get you, going two up isn't going to get you anything. Get you up to 11th, you're not in the play-in, you're just worse odds, right? So had he checked up, you know, uh, you don't want to go up, you still want to go down, so at least you get one down. But even if they lost the game, you know, at best, if he checked down, can go down, had he checked up, then you get nothing and you're fine, whatever. You know, uh, there's there's ways to play it, right? I think there's a strategy there where at least he gets something. So on on in, in each conference, there'll be a little chaos at the end of the season as far as those two teams, whether or not, like, so again, let's say Portland wins, they beat the Knicks, right? And so let's say, um, so Portland gets the two, two up, two down, whatever it is, whatever they choose, and the Knicks get one up or one down, whatever they choose. So at the end of the year, everyone's looking at, okay, where are all these teams going to land in the standings? And in my world, right, so if I'm changing the schedule around, well, remember, if you're playing outer conference games, so if you're playing East games all last third of the season, you changing in the standings is going to be a lot tougher because you really only going to be able to go up like half games. You're not going to, like right now, at the end of the year, when people are vying to get into the playoffs or they're trying to tank, you know, if you play a team in your conference, then, you know, by by virtue of you winning and them losing, right, um, you can go up a full game, right? You could you could uh, leap them in some cases, right? But if, if you're always playing out of conference, then, you know, if you win a game, if Portland beats Boston, they only maybe like go up by half versus one or, you know, so anyways, it makes the, 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 um, the movement within the standings may be a little tougher. You know, you don't, you're not going to drop so fast. So, you know, that could be interesting when it comes to the parity in, you know, and how important, how competitive those uh, games are at the end of the season. Because it becomes like, you know, if you want to make, you need to get up to basically, you know, if you're behind two games, it's, it's not that easy. You know, you might, it might take 10 games to get that, um, that much. So, I don't know if people would like that or people wouldn't like that. I just think it makes it more competitive. Anyways, okay, so let's get to All-Star Weekend. So that's my idea for all the schedules. Playoffs are the same. I'm fine with the way the playoffs are. I think the playoffs are a lot of fun. I think the finals are fine. But those are my ideas with the, you know, so that just 
that's, that sums up, I think, the Insatiable Six. I think we have some new ideas there for the Insatiable Six. So even the team that you know doesn't win but makes it to the championship game gets something. So both conferences get a little chaos. I'm okay with not having it, but you know I'm throwing it in there. I'm, I'm willing to concede a few things. But here's where we're gonna have some fun. So All Star Weekend, we go back to this idea of East versus West. So we have an East team and a West team. So you have to be on that team to represent East versus West. What happens when players get voted? Let's say like Kevin Durant, for example, this year he went from Brooklyn to Phoenix. He went from East to West at the trade deadline, but he was voted in you know, as an all-star, I don't think he played because he was injured, so it didn't really matter in the end. But, like, the way it is now, East and West doesn't matter, so I don't think it mattered that he had traded, but, you know, obviously it it would uh, if it were East versus West. So I don't know how they did that before. <laughs> they obviously did for years. I think the the reason why people didn't like the East versus West is because there were times when the competition was just out of whack. I don't know if that's still the case now. I don't love the way that they do the all-star game with, um, you know, you have a team captain. The captain picks people out of a pool of the, the top players who had made it to the all-star game. I like the East versus West. And, and again, if, if I'm playing around with how I want to do the schedule and it's just like West plays West, East plays East, and then all-star break is when the East and the West come together, then that's how the all-star break is going to go. And that's how all-star game is going to go. And the first way we have, we kick off All-Star Weekend on, I don't know if they have a Thursday event right now, but there's going to be a Thursday night event. And this event, so the Insatiable Six is a way to highlight young players and developing players, kind of like Summer League on steroids, right? It's like really mashing together the types of players who would be Summer League players. And it could also have old veterans on the team as well, you know, like, you know, for Boston this year, would Blake Griffin qualify for uh, an insatiable six roster spot? You know, the amount of minutes he was playing. I don't know. Would he want? And again, would he defer and it go to some like two way player? Or would he like, hey, hell yeah, I want to play that. At some point, though, Blake Griffin's going to age out of the game. Now, recently, the Portland Trailblazers had Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo Anthony kind of aged out of the game, right? Like, he, he wasn't worth his contract. He wasn't worth um, having if he only played as a starter, and so he kind of found himself out of the loop, and he was out of the league. And halfway through the league, uh, halfway through the season, a couple years ago, Portland, you know, brought him onto the roster, and he was a huge shot in the arm, and we loved him here in Portland. He only lasted that half season, then he went to the Lakers, and I think he played the Lakers uh, the rest of the season, but I don't think he had, like, a farewell season, and then this last season, I don't believe he was on any roster. So, so he is a player that, uh, you know, may never get the Kobe or Dwayne Wade uh, treatment, you know, the what will one day be, you know, in a few decades will one day be the LeBron retirement uh, season where, you know, at some point LeBron is going to declare that he's retiring and every everywhere he goes, he's going to have to play at least a couple minutes and then he's going to get these huge standing ovations, right? Carmelo Anthony might never get that. I think he kind of deserves something, you know. Another Blazer who kind of is going through the same fade out is LaMarcus Aldridge. Last I heard, he was out of the game. He retired because of a heart uh, thing, and then he was on Brooklyn for a spell, and then he was 
Uh, I can't remember if he landed somewhere else. Again, I don't know if he's been out of the league for a whole year, but my idea for Thursday night is a way to honor these players who don't always get, you know, former All-Stars who and, and, and others who don't get the big, like, this is my final season because maybe they thought, you know, like, uh, A, you know, I, I didn't want to retire, but I had to because of an injury. Or maybe I thought I was going to get picked up and they didn't pick up my contract. Um, you know what I mean? Like, this will happen to Russell Westbrook someday and and Damian Lillard someday. And um, and so I'm just going to use uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Carmelo Anthony as two examples of guys who I think are right on that cusp of, you know, they're over 35 and they haven't played for a season but they're still kind of in basketball shape, and I'm pretty sure that they would want to, to have a moment of being like, hey, we recognize that this is probably the last time we're going to play at something that resembles an NBA level. Uh, thank you, fans. Thank you, everyone. So Thursday night becomes the Masters. Now, the Masters, you know, just like in any sport, there's the Masters. It's usually 50 and older or something like that. Let's just say basketball, it's 35 old and 35 and older. As soon as you're allowed to become president, you should be allowed to play in the Masters tournament. And the Masters tournament um, would be, they would follow um, the big three. So kind of like how the Insatiable Six kind of also features the G League and tries to get people involved, you know, bringing in, my idea is to bring in uh, G League players to, to act as sort of a reserves pool. So if any team experiences uh, tournament in, uh, ending injuries for their players, at least once a day, they can pull and add a G League, one of the top G League players, you know, who will just be around waiting. And so here kind of too, like the big three is a fun you know, it's a fun way to sort of experience basketball, and I think it, it benefits those who have sort of aged out of the game, right? It's a half-court game. I think if you play up to a certain amount of points, um, there's like, you know, two-point shots, three-point shots, four-point shots. You can, um, the way they do fouls is interesting. I think it's like you can, you have one shot, but you can, if it's a, if you get fouled in a two-point shot, you basically shoot a free throw, and that's worth two points, or if you get fouled doing a four-point shot, you get a chance to shoot a four-point shot, you know, so it could be very interesting for, again, let's just say that's, let's say, you know, Carmelo Anthony, and, and he gets to choose two veterans or two other players who have um, similarly are over 35 and haven't played in the league for a year and are not looking likely to play in the league uh, the following year, whether because they've decided uh, to retire. Like, let's say, um, like a, a J.J. Redick or something, right? Like, he would qualify in this. He's been broadcasting and stuff. I mean, <laughs> technically, Reggie Miller could qualify uh, as well, you know? Um, but, you know, <laughs> it all depends on, uh, on what you want to do. Um, I would think that the way you'd have to set up the tournament, you can't, you know, depending on how fast the games are and how it works and how you want to adapt it to something like this, you know, you want to fill a couple hours so maybe it would just be like a final four and then a championship game. So you would, and again, try to go east versus west. So I think LaMarcus and Carmelo make good examples because Melo could claim the Knicks. And so he could be, you know, um, playing for the east. And uh, LaMarcus would be, you know, he, they would be like the team captains. They're sort of like the headliner veterans, the headliner all-stars that are, A, retiring or being phased out, you know?
So really honoring everyone, but those are like the, the headline guys, right? Those are the guys who actually, it'd be nice if the headliners were people who had all-star appearances in their career. Both of those guys did. And I believe they played against each other, East versus West. So there could be more competition there than we think. Anywho, so you have them doing a big three style tournament, right? Maybe, again, four teams. So think of two, you know, two other kind of headliners like that who have sort of aged out, who were once all-stars, who might be at that perfect age where they can still play. I'm not talking about the Shacks and the Barclays, but what the hell? Maybe, maybe we do, you know, yeah, maybe it's uh, Barkley and his crew, uh, from Phoenix versus, you know, Lamarcus representing Portland. So there's your Western part of the Final Four. And then it's, um, what I say, Shaq representing uh, Orlando and, um, and Mello representing New York, right, as the East, right? So Shaq and Barkley get to go at it. And Lamel and Mello and Lamello and Mello and uh, Lamarcus get to go at it. Now, I would just, or, or maybe, um, even better, maybe uh, LaMarcus takes on Shaq and Barkley takes on Mello. And so the final championship game would most likely be um, LaMarcus and Mello. But hey, you never know. It could be the championship game could be Barkley and Shaq. I mean, there's, there would be three players. It wouldn't just be those two guys, you know. So they could, they could get, one of them could get J.J. Redick or one of them could get, hey, Kenny or something like that, right? But you have like a, a master's tournament. Now, um, what do you win at that point? Again, I think it's just fun. It's a great way to have sort of a farewell. Uh, that's like kind of why I would say maybe you can't be like a, you know, a, a Barkley or a, a Shaq. They get enough. Um, uh, they get enough time exposure as it is. But the guys like I'm trying to think of his name is it Richard Jefferson? I think he's a. I think he's an announcer right now. Um, you know, but or like, you know, like the J.R. Smiths of the world uh, maybe wouldn't be a headliner, but would be someone who would play, uh, who would be a wing on the mellow team or something like that. Right. You know, um, I'm thinking in the future a little bit like a Chris Paul would probably, you know, he would be a headline material for something like this in a few years. Right. So that's kind of like the master's idea and the master's. And so like whoever wins at the end of the day, you, you make your. You know, I don't know, again, it was money or is it something else? Maybe it's money for charity, something like that. But um, you would get essentially one point. The All-Star Week and all the events in the All-Star Week will have points to them. And at the end of it, the winner gets something. The conference, that's why the East and the West would matter, right? The conference, everything goes towards something that the conference wins. I'm going to say it in just a little bit here. But yeah. So uh, the Masters, you know, uh, just a good, a fun, you know, doesn't have to be high competition, but that's where maybe it'd be a little bit more fun, trash talk. And, you know, like imagine, you know, like again, imagine a Chris Paul versus a Draymond Green Masters tournament thing, you know, the day before All-Star Week really gets kicked off, right? Like in a few years when they retire, that would be so, it'd be so much fun. And then the next day, Friday, so like during the day, Boom, the quarters, the young guys. So you have the old guys Thursday night. Friday is all about the young guys. You get the quarters. You got 20 teams of six players and their two assistant coaches going at it. Top 16 net ratings move on to the next day. In the nighttime, that's when you have your Rising Stars game. I think right now they're trying to do a lot with the Rising Stars thing. They kind of have like a tournament thing going on. Sort of, I, I saw it this last 
year. I don't know if it was full rosters or it was also representative. Um, um, but they weren't representing teams. It was just like a rising stars. I didn't really understand too much of it. I didn't pay attention to a lot of it either. Um, but it was kind of fun. I think the, the most fun thing about it was they had a player. I think it was Jose Alvarado uh, from the Pelicans mic'd up as he was playing so he's like answering questions as he was playing which is like you know i'm having i'm trying to speak so quickly that i'm running out of breath imagine this guy running up and down the court it was interesting it was an experiment you know it's a good time um games like that when they sort of bring out uh you know uh players who want to get exposure broadcasting and stuff like that i'm all for that i think that's a lot of fun in my perfect nba world you can keep all that stuff but just make the rising stars game a full like a real game just like the all-star game is going to be this is the rising star these guys they're not all-stars yet right this is your um paulo ben caros and this is your uh, what will hopefully be a healthy chet holmgren next year you know your um you know like the anthony edwards and the john morantz have aged out of rising stars they should be all-stars by now um but, you know, Shaden Sharp would be a perfect example of a rising star if you're a Portland Trailblazer fan. Didn't get invited this last year. I don't know. Maybe next year. But, you know, uh, you know that game, again, East versus West, winner, one point. Okay? Then you have Saturday. During the day, you have the bracket play. You got the 16 in, you know, in the early morning. You then you got eight, maybe by lunch. And then by afternoon, you do your final four. And then that leads you into the skills competition back back at the ranch, back at the all-star um, headquarters. You got the skills competition, three-point competition, and dunk. However they do the skills, you know, and the three-point and the dunk contest, all of that could probably be micromanaged. I'm going to leave it alone for right now. I think that'll all sort of sort itself out in years to come. I don't really know how or why to change it. Like the dunk contest... You know, the only thing I have to say about that is it kind of should be like a horse, you know. Um, if you really want to make a competition out of it, you know, you do what I do. Uh, it's kind of how it should work out. Or maybe, again, if it's an East versus West thing, um, maybe you get a team of three representing the West and a team of three representing the East. And you can still do, you know, individual, you could rate dunks if you still wanted to. So so-and-so could be the winner of the slam dunk contest but as far as that east versus west rivalry maybe you know to get to the best dunk to get to the best you know the 50 point dunk or whatever it is um maybe it's just a it's a game of horse where you you know each side gets to choose one person that person does a dunk and the other person has to mimic it each gets a turn to do that maybe you get like two turns you know work your way it's like a horse i don't know that's that's what i'm coming up with right now three point you know whatever it's fine it's gimmicky it's fine skills i don't know i've never really seen that one but let's just keep it in there for the hell of it you know and make it an east versus west thing too so again they're all worth one point so by sunday you're gonna have a championship game for the insatiable six which could earn your team you know the uh, two up or two down or one up and one down or and then you have the all-star game now the all-star game would be worth so if you have uh, let me back up if you have masters you have skills you have um sorry masters rising stars skills three-point contest and slam dunk that would be five points the all-star game itself is also worth in this case five points 
So if you won every, you know, if the West won, you know, the Rising Stars, the Masters, the, you know, all of it, right? The three-point, the skills, and the dunk. And the East has, you know, so it's five to zero. As far as All-Star Week is concerned, All-Star Weekend is concerned. You know, then the East has something to play for because they know if they win, at least they can tie at that point. We'll talk about tiebreaker in a second. But you'd have the, so you'd already have the built-in um, added bonus of having that Insatiable Six championship game happen kind of as the pre-show, right? So boom, you got all the drama and competition of that game, plus the drama and competition of the envelope unveiling, finding out what team is doing what, what team wants to do what. And then you move to the All-Star game. So those All-Star players, well, in this case, you know, maybe some of them are on, you know, they might be an All-Star from the team who just won the Insatiable tournament. So they might have an incentive to play a little harder as well. You know, all these All-Stars are going to be high on, you know, if you're a high-level player, chances are you're on a high-level team, so you're probably vying for the playoffs. So winning the prize for all-star week would make sense again like you wouldn't look at it like oh it's impossible you know we can't we can't win all, you know the all-star game should be worth whatever everything else is worth so you have a shot if you you know so at that point i mean if it's if it's two to three you know five points still makes a huge difference that's who's going to basically the all-star game will decide who wins or um you'll have the ability to tie that's really what i'm coming down to the tiebreaker in my mind. Well, first, let's go let's, let's the prize. Let's talk about the prize first. So let's just say the West wins, you know. The West wins. It's a 10-0 blowout. The West beats the East. What do they win? Well, since it's the West, you know, it's not, it's not like one team. The Insatiable Six is one team or the representatives of one team. So what they're winning is for their team. In this case, we're really talking about conferences. So the prize needs to be conference-centric. And this is what I came up with. The winner of All-Star Week, whoever collects the most points, their conference, in this case, this is the West, so the Western Conference will get home court advantage for the finals no matter what. No matter what record. So, you know, here in this year, uh, Denver is the number one record in the West, and I believe the Bucks have the number one record in the East. And the Bucks have a number one record by about five games or something like that. So if Denver and Milwaukee were to go to the finals, I believe because Milwaukee had the better season record, they would have home court advantage during the finals. And home court advantage matters because it's four games in your house versus three games. And people tend to win games that are played at home. So it makes a lot of sense. So it's a big advantage. And again, you know, would, you know, like, would Damian Lillard at the time of All-Star break, would he be extra motivated to play a competitive game knowing that, you know, the Insatiables just played a really competitive game? Knowing that, like, if he helps his team, not only is, like, money going to go to charity and bragging rights and all that kind of stuff, but as well, like, he wants to get into the playoffs. You know, his playoff hopes are, by All-Star break, still alive. You know, he doesn't know that GM Joe has, like, marked down on the secret envelope. And if the Insatiable Six play, you know, if those teams don't make it to the championship and their envelopes 
are not revealed, no one will ever know. It's like folding in poker, right? You don't know the cards. But in this case, obviously, GM Joe, by all-star break of this last season, would have said down. Right? That's the smart move. But, you know, Damian Lillard would have wanted up. And he can't control what GM Joe is going to do, but he might be able to control the all-star game, which is usually not very competitive and doesn't have a lot of defense. So maybe a player like Damian Lillard says, well, the best I can do is if we finish in the playoffs at like an eight seed or a seven seed and we climb all the way up to the finals, there's no way we're going to get home court advantage. Well, here, here I can make a difference. So would the game become more competitive where every player on that conference team has some sort of some sort of buy-in to wanting home court advantage, right? You know, for the finals. If they make it there, they get this because everyone, you know, because the West beat the East. So let's just say that that's top prize for the All-Star Week. That's what you get, you know, Insatiables. Uh, those two teams get either two up or one up, however that works out for them. You know, each standings get a little chaos at the end of the year when it comes to when it comes to the insatiable, uh, win, the insatiable win, I guess, yeah, the reward, the prize. And All-Star break, All-Star weekend has consequences as well because no matter what, whoever wins, whoever collects the most points in all of those events, the Masters, so, you know, players who are retired or were phased out, they get to help decide which conference gets home court advantage. The Rising Stars get a shot to decide. The skills the three-pointers, the dunkers, and the all-stars. They all get to a chance to help get home court advantage for their conference, which could be their team. So what if there is a tie? If the game, I thought at first maybe like the all-star game should decide it no matter what. So if, you know, if you get at most five points, then the game should be six, you know. But then it's like really... I don't know, it, it, kind of like the idea of there being a chance for a tie and then there being a tiebreaker. And it not. And you keep the same, like, that Elam ending where the fourth quarter is best to something so you can't go into overtime, so you keep the game short. Cool. I'm cool with that, right? But let's just say it's a tie where someone won, you know, the West, let's say the East won the All-Star game and the West won everything else, and it's a tie. Five to five. I think... What I would say is there's a little break, and then the tiebreaker would be half court. The East gets to choose whoever they want, and the West gets to choose whoever they want on their roster, on their all-star roster. So, you know, whoever 15 on the West, whoever 15 on the East, and it's a one-on-one best to 11, first to 11. So here, again, Maybe it's your, you know, you can just make it your team captain, but if there's an injury or something, you know, who knows? You know, if it's, uh, you know, you got Jokic in the, um, you got Jokic in the, in the West and you got Giannis in the East, you know, or LeBron, you know, maybe you want Lillard and you just want him to like bomb out threes, get to 11 fast, right? Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you have 15 All-Stars to choose from. Choose somebody, and then they're the ones that they play a quick game of one-on-one. 11, first to 11 should be pretty fast. Shouldn't take too long for All-Stars. You know, chances of there being an injury is obviously there, but these guys do this all the time. 
That's my idea. That that, that those that's my mega wish list for the season and how we schedule the season for how we put more importance on divisions by basically making that the group for qualification into the insatiable six tournament which can move your team up or down in the standings depending on what you want to do all-star week becomes more competitive because there's a chance to win home court advantage for the finals for whatever team in that conference could be your team There's more chance for longer homestands at the end of the season, but you'd also have to have longer road trips, which could become, you know, beneficial for your team to stay together and work as a team. You know, again, a lot of times people rip off uh, road wins at the end of the season because they're prepping for, you know, they're getting their rotations in line. They're getting ready for the playoffs. You don't have to worry. And then it's a nice mystery as well. Like, you know, Portland will not see Denver from, you know, February until possibly when the playoffs begin in April. Could be a whole different roster. Could be a different coach. It could be a different whatever, you know. So there's some fun and mystery to that as well. You, you know, you have to really, it takes those, you know, the game ones and the game twos, teams are going to really try to figure out what's going on. You might have longer playoffs. That's better for TV. That's better for the fans. It's better for everyone. And again, all of these things, everyone gets to participate in the movement of it. So everyone on the team has a chance to get the representation into the uh, Insatiable Six tournament. Every player in All-Star and um, all the All-Star activities get to participate in the prize to get their conference home court advantage, which could be huge. You know, we get to honor the new players who are coming in, uh, in the insatiables, you know, we get to honor the G league. We get to honor, uh, the rising stars who are just above, who are getting more minutes and, you know, probably a little bit better than, um, same age group kind of, but you know, again, they're more in the rotation than the insatiable six. There's, these are the guys who might be all-stars in a few years. So we're giving them some exposure and they get to participate and they get to like, you know, there's a chance that their one point could be the decider. The skills competition, the three-point competition, the dunk competition, these could be individual awards as well, but you can also make them east versus west. And then the game itself has such a big reward, five points. And then the one-on-one -on -one competition in case there's a tiebreaker. People get things with these ideas. You know, it's like the teams, it's... It, there's a chance that you could have so much more that it's just, it's not so money oriented. I think it's fun to have the exposure. I think it'd be fun to start the week of all-star weekend with the veterans who didn't get a chance to get that ovation. You didn't get a chance to have um, their light shine. They're going to have to wait until they hopefully get inducted in the hall of fame. Right? So, yeah. In the meantime, I say, hey, let's honor, let's try to honor as many people we, as we can. Let's honor the veterans. Let's honor the young guys. Let's honor everyone in the middle. You know, it's, it, All-Star Week isn't just about those 30, 20, 10 stars, superstars. You can also have room for the young and the quote-unquote old. I think we can make the season a little bit more quote-unquote relaxed. 
by playing all the interconference games in the two th- first two thirds and the outer conference games in the last two thirds. Playoffs can stay the same. I don't really have any too many thoughts on the playoffs right now. Maybe down the road we'll ramble on that thought. But in the meantime, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. Those are more basketball thoughts. So hey, you know if you find a um, if you're if you're combing the desert and you find a genie's lamp, you can't figure out how to rub it, give me a call. (laughs) And I'll rub that thing clockwise and counterclockwise. And when I become uh, the magical GM of the, uh, or the commissioner, the magical commissioner, the all-knowing, all-powerful NBA commissioner, hey, we might see a few new things, but you heard it here first, here on The Ramble, The Thought Ramble. I'm your Thought Rambler. You're on the thought ramble. Ramble. Uh, it's getting late. Thank you guys for sticking around. I like talking about these stupid ideas. I think they're a lot of fun, and uh, and I do believe in them as stupid as they are. I think it would be so much fun. Spread them. Spread the thoughts. Ramble yourself. And hey, like and subscribe and do all the good stuff. And be careful. Don't run into any walls while you're staring at your phone all day. 